0: Welcome to the Victory Life Church Podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. Come on, how many believe that this morning? That our God is good no matter what season and time, no matter what year, man, he is good. And so Jesus, we thank you for that truth. In your name, amen. You may be seated. We wanna welcome those again. If this is your first time, my name is Jacob and one of the pastors here. And uh, man, it's good to be finally done with Christmas. Amen. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think uh, sometimes we can, it just becomes our life and it consumes everything we do and everything we see. And so I know we still got some trees, but next week, those things are going to be gone. I promise you. You know, I think about 2020 and, and um, you know how crazy it's been, and I certainly don't say that lightly. I know it's been, you know, it's been hectic. There's been a lot of tension. There's certainly been job loss and loss of life, and uh, there's been things that, you know, we weren't expecting when we walked into 2021, the year of great vision is what we, we thought, and now we're here almost done, almost out, praying that there is There is no last minute tragedies or circumstances that we can't explain and so that we can jump into 2021. And, you know, I think about some of the good things that have happened, some of the great things. I was reading about a a bunch of people over the age of 100, which I can't even, can't even fathom that have beat COVID. I mean, come on, that's, that's huge. I think about how families during this time have been brought closer together. I know, I know my hands. I think about churches where attendance has increased due to online viewing. Salvations have rise because of this. I mean, God is still good. He's still on the throne, he will still be God in 2021 like he has been in 2020. Think about our our, uh, Miami Heat who have made it to the NBA Finals. Come on, somebody. And our our Dolphins who are one game away from making sure they are set in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know if anybody watched that game last night, but wow. We thank God for the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) What a year it's been, and um you know, things have certainly been crazy and Christmas Eve for those that made it. That was amazing in itself, and I, I got to give a shout out to our incredible team that did so well um, from our worship team, to our production team, to all of our volunteers, to our kids, all of it. Can you put your hands together for that? That was amazing. You know, I think where we go from here has a lot to do with our perspective, right? Because perspective is the difference between um, something that's an obstacle and something that's an opportunity. You know, perspective would say when well, this year has been a bunch of doom, but perspective would also say that, no, there's actually a lot of hope. And so depending on what you think or how you view will really determine how you step into 2021 next year. And and I think God is really wanting us to say, you know, no matter what tomorrow brings, no matter what next week brings, no matter what 2021 brings, I will wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And so that's my hope and prayer for us all. And, you know, i want to get really practical this morning and, and, and ask you one simple question. We have no idea what next year is going to look like. We certainly pray it's better than this past year. But here's a question for you. Would you be willing to step out and say yes? to God, no matter what the, the plans that you don't, you don't have, no matter what the details that you lack, would you be willing to step out and say, God, um, no matter what it is you're calling me to do or, or asking me to go or having me to talk to somebody, no matter what it is, God, I will say yes. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, if you're taking notes online, title of today's message is saying yes. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you and we love you. And God, today, as we open up your word and read your scripture, would it be your words and not mine? Would you allow our hearts to be open, our minds to be open, and to receive what it is that you have for us? And perhaps today we, we change some things. Perhaps today we didn't think we were going to come to church and walk away different, but I do pray that we walk away different. We walk away maybe challenged or maybe encouraged or motivated to to be more like you every single day. And so, God, we, we pray over your reading of your scripture. We love you. We worship you. And it's in Jesus' name we all said one more time, amen. Do me a favor, turn to the person next to you and tell them, I'm so glad you're sitting next to me and not the person behind me. I'm glad it's you. I'm glad it's you. You know, years, years ago, I was uh, watching this movie titled Yes, Man, and it features a uh, an incredible actor named Jim Carrey, who many of you saw this Christmas at the Grinch. And he's presented an opportunity to just simply say yes to everything, every opportunity that presented itself to him, every request, request every uh, encounter. He just has to say yes. Now, of course, that obviously takes away any discernment or wisdom. Um, and, and some of those yeses lead to good things, but many of those yeses lead to poor things. And I would ask you the same question. What if God is saying, you know what, next year, no matter what it is I ask you to do, no matter what it is, I, where it is I ask you to go or who it is I ask you to talk to, would you be willing, regardless of the details, regardless of all the plans, regardless of whether your Google Maps or Apple Maps is working, usually it's Apple Maps not working, whatever it is, are you willing to say yes? Yes, God. And, and I wonder what's, what's on the other side of that yes. I wonder what the outcome of that yes would look like. I, I wonder what would change in your life if you stopped saying no all the time. I mean, we know those people, right? Their first response to everything is what? No. Now, don't point any fingers, but we know people like that. No. I'm not about it. I don't want to do it. I'd rather sit at home and do nothing. No. But what if God is saying, I don't want you to say no anymore. I want you to say yes. But it's important for us to understand that we say yes to the things of God, the right things. I'm not just saying anything and everything. I'm saying to the things of God. And so I want to look at a man in the book of Acts, if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 8. I want to look at a man who uh, who had that yes, and was able to see the blessings and the the favor of God and the success, and even find hope because of the fact that he said. Yes, and so if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 8, let me give you some context. This is uh, the Holy Spirit at Pentecost has come. You know, this is like, you know, 33 plus years later after Jesus is, was born. We celebrated that la- this past Thursday, and then he has died. He has come back. People have seen him. He's resurrected. He's, he's ascended to heaven, and, and here he leaves us with his helper, his Holy Spirit. And the day of Pentecost, you know, sweeps everybody off their feet. Peter gets up. He preaches. 3,000 people come to know Jesus and get saved. The church is now being established. And now the best part is that it begins to scatter. And I'll tell you why it begins to scatter in just a moment. But all these things are happening. The goodness of God is being proclaimed. People are getting saved. Numbers are added to the church or what the, maybe the foundation of the church was starting to look like. All these things are taking place. And here we have this, this guy named Philip who is scattered to this place called Samaria. And here we find him in verse 26. And interesting what happens here in verse 26 if you read with me. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south. Somebody say south. Go south to the road, the desert road. That's important to know, the desert road. That goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he asked him, do you, do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. And he responded in verse 31. He said, how can I unless somebody explains it to me? And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And they go over the passage that this particular eunuch is reading. And, he's, and he asks in verse 34, he says, tell me what does this mean? And in verse 35 Philip began with that very passage of Scripture, and he told them the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Now, there's certainly a lot that we can unpack from this story, but in order to understand the yes that Philip, as the spirit or the angel of the Lord, tells him to to rise and go, yes, fine, okay, we have to understand the first yes in Philip's life, because that yes seems a little too easy, but if you understand where he was, now it presents some obstacles, and And perhaps maybe could have persuaded him otherwise, but he said yes. So let's go back to the very first yes. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus is doing crazy things, right? Jesus steps onto the scene and and things begin to change. People get saved. He starts gaining all these followers. He feeds 5,000 people with a few loaves and a few fish. I mean, radical things, miracles are happening. Healings are happening. People want to follow this man. And so Jesus is like, you want to follow me? Here's what it's going to cost. And people still are like, I'm all in. I want to follow you, and so now Jesus begins to appoint 72 disciples, and he sends them out two by two, and we're certainly not entirely sure, but perhaps Philip is in this 72 disciples. He was somebody who was um, changed by the stories and the, the life of Jesus. Like many of us, we have been changed because of what we have heard. We definitely know he's one of the seven deacons of the church of Jerusalem, but we would assume he's one of these 72 that's been radically changed, and so now I got to start living for Jesus. But here's what happens next. Remember, I said the church began to scatter after the 3,000 were saved. But here's what happens. In Acts chapter 5, 6, and 7, we find that there's persecution taking place. There's opposition. I mean, how many of you knew that when you stepped into the faith, there would be opposition? Let's be honest. I mean, I didn't think it would be this challenging. I thought it would be easier. I thought it was going to be, I thought people were going to be kinder to me. I thought I was going to, you know, get more bumps in my pay raise at, at my job because I'm in the faith now. That's what I thought would happen, right? But but why all of a sudden, am am I now experiencing this persecution? Why all of a sudden, Jesus, that I step into this faith, now all of a sudden I I feel as if I'm suffering. I did not sign up for that. Jesus said, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You see, people were passionate. But you have to understand that those who were passionate for him also suffered with him. It's kind of like the, the prerequisite to, of stepping into the faith. It's understanding and knowing that there's probably going to be some persecution. There's probably going to be some suffering. And I think many of us maybe haven't experienced that yet. I would say perhaps maybe you're not where you should be in your faith because you probably should be experiencing some of that, maybe on some type of scale. And so those who were passionate for him started to suffer with him. You even find Stephen, the first martyr, stoned to death. And so all this persecution begins happening. And what does it do to the gospel? It spreads. People want to get out. They want to, they want to, they want to flee, so they leave Jerusalem. They go to Samaria. They go to the surrounding areas. They, they, they go to Judea, and they start proclaiming. And this is where we find Philip in chapter 8 in Samaria. He's proclaiming the, the, he's proclaiming the Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. But, but hold up for a minute. Because if, if, if I knew that I was going to commit to something, And then as soon as I committed to something, I was going to experience some setbacks or some obstacles. I don't know about you, but I don't think I want to commit to that. Would you agree with me? If I know I'm going to step into something, then all of a sudden, just like that, I'm going to start facing persecution. I'm going to start having people that don't like me, having people that disagree with me. I'm not so sure that I made the right decision. It was... Years ago, when I got the opportunity to go to Australia to be a part of one of my best friend's weddings, we heard about this, like, this spring. and We were in the farmlands. We weren't in the city. So I, my first experience of Australia is hills, cow, and cow poop everywhere. So here I am in Australia, and, and it's like, we got to go to the spring because there's this massive tree that we got to jump off of. And if you know anything about, you know, where I grew up, we had two massive trees in our backyard and a lake. I mean, it could have been 20 feet high, 30 feet high, but I was all about jumping trees. Climb trees, jump off trees. My sister jumped off one time, and there was like a branch in the water we couldn't see, and it like went up her foot, wild, blood everywhere. We moved the branch, and we just kept jumping. And so I'm like, this is my time. I'm overseas, I'm in another country. You know, there's gonna be a bunch of people. There's this tree. I'm in, I'm committed, until I saw the tree. This thing might have been a mile up, 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 up from the water level. I ain't jumping off that thing. That, there's no way you could pay me to jump off that tree. You see, as easily as I committed to doing something, as soon as I saw the difficulty that that commitment presented, I was out. And I think many of us are the same way. We're all in. You know, I, I'm all in. I'm there every day. I'm there every other day. Now that every other day turns into I'm there once a month. I'll be there once a year. Our commitments start to vanish as soon as we, we, we sense setbacks, as soon as we, we, we reach a mountain, as soon as we step into an obstacle, we're like, I, I didn't ask for this. This was free. I, I stepped into this because I thought this was going to be great. All of a sudden now I'm experiencing persecution. There's, there's pain here. This was not what I signed up for. I'm all in, but as soon as there's pain involved, no thanks. To be honest, church, this is why I'm not the, the biggest fan of commitments, nor resolutions. So I don't know what resolutions you got for January 2021, but I, I guarantee you, you might get one out of ten. <laughs> because it's just, it's just us, it's, and which is the problem. It's, it's us. Right? Tell the person next to you, it's you. <laughs> because, because commitments to me are, are, you know, we make commitments, and our success is dependent upon whether or not we can fulfill that commitment. We, again, here, here's, the, here's the factor. We, somebody say me. So, so I commit to something, and the problem is that I fail. Maybe I do succeed, but most of, most of the time I fail. The reason being because of me, because of I. Because it's, it's all on my efforts. It's all on my doings. But do we really want that? Think with me for a moment. What did Jesus say in Matthew 16, 24? He said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must what? Deny themselves. Come on, say that with me. Deny themselves. And take up their cross and follow me. So to me, that looks a lot less like commitment and more like surrender. Maybe Jesus is saying surrender over commitment. Maybe the things that we've committed to, it's time to put down our half-hearted commitments, take up our cross, and say, you know what? Today, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm going to surrender. Now, this, is, this is where Philip clearly is. Because despite the persecution that all the disciples are facing, all the, the people of the faith are facing, he says, you know what? I'm going to get out of here, and, but I'm going to go to Samaria, and I'm going to press on. I'm going to let my yes be yes. That's the thing. His yes continued to be Yes. I think a lot of us, we have our yes, and then months later, it becomes a no. Philip said, I'm going to press on. My yes says yes. It's this idea of, you know, total surrender. And, you know, Philip pressed on despite the persecution. And so he's here, and and, and I'm going to read this. This is chapter 8. It's not going to be on the screen, but verses 6. It said, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs that he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. And with shrieks, evil spirits came out. Paralytics and cripples were healed. There was great joy. Somebody say great joy. There was great joy in that city. I mean, God was doing great things through Philip here in this city. My question is, what have you been missing out on? You haven't said yes, and you've missed out on the blessings. You've missed out on the healing. You've missed out on the joy. You've missed out. I wonder what's on the other side of your surrender. I wonder if you stepped out and said, you know what? God, I'm gonna say yes, perhaps I could experience something that you intended for me to experience. It was miracles, it was revivals, it was the goodness of God, and now Philip is being asked to rise, somebody say rise, and go. You, you, you mean, God, where I'm currently at, you want, to, uh, you want to have me abandon my post and go somewhere else? You mean, I, I got the whole thing set up right here. Church, I got a couch at my house. The the bottom thing comes out. It's the nicest thing in the world. We got the popcorn set. I got the soda set. I got the movie ready to push play. And my wife says, let's watch it in bed. I don't want to watch it in bed because I'm going to fall asleep if I watch it in bed. I got everything prepared here. It's comfortable here. This is where I want to be. God says, I need you to rise and go, Philip. But this is, give me an explanation, God. You ever ask him that? Give me an explanation. God says, no, mobilization doesn't start at explanation. It starts at salvation. It does not start when you now get all the details. It doesn't start when you step into maybe the criteria or, or, or the list of directions. That's not where you are now mobilized. You are mobilized when you say, God, I love you, and I want you as my personal Lord and Savior. And now he says, now go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go. Somebody say, go. Go. I need you to rise and go, but it's, but it's comfortable here. I'm not concerned about your comfort. People are dying and going to hell. But it's nice here. I'm not concerned about how nice it is for you. People are dying and going to hell. I need you to go, Philip. I need you to go. Just, just, just give me some of the details, God. Sometimes I think if God gave us the details, he wouldn't show up. Right? If he gave us all those details, we might not just show up. Oh, that's what you're expecting me to do? That's what you're asking me to go to? That's what you want me to say? I, 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 I don't know if I could do that, God. So God's like, fine. I won't give you the details. Just go. You'll experience it on your way. And so here's where we find Philip who is, who is at this place where everything is good and God is doing great things and, and, and now God is mobilizing him, saying, um, I, I, I need you to go, I need you to go, I need you to go, but God, but God, but God, but God. Somebody say, but God. Total surrender says, Yes, church with no buts. I wonder what it would look like if we started saying yes to God without all our buts. In fact, leave your butts at home. God is wanting you to say yes. Forget about the buts. Forget about the questions. Forget about the why this or why that or show me this. God is saying, I want you to, want you to go. It reminds me of the story of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. He had everything he needed. In fact, he, he actually was doing what he was supposed to do. He said, God, I, I, I've, I've said yes to all your commands. I've said yes to all your teachings. I've said yes. I've said yes to showing church every single Sunday. I've said yes to praying every single day. I've said yes to, you know, fellowshipping with my brothers and sisters. I said yes to all of that, God. And Jesus responds to him in verse 21. He said, well, there's one thing that you lack. There's one thing. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then he says, come follow me. And the man couldn't do it. You see, he was, he was, Partially obeying, but I don't know about you, but partial obedience to me looks like disobedience. God, I'm, I'm, I'm most of the time following you. I'm most of the time surrendering to you. Again, surrender is total surrender. So if you're half surrendering, well, you ain't surrendering at all. I, I'm, I'm almost there, God. I just, I just can't commit to this one thing. There's this one thing I can't do, God. God said, here's what I need you to do. Leave that one thing. Abandon it. Forget about it. Surrender to me. Give me everything you have. Everything. I mean, that perhaps today is, maybe for those watching online, is the the first yes. I haven't said yes to all things. I've said yes to most things. And maybe God is saying, I need you to total surrender. Rise and go, Philip. Yes, God. And so in verse 29, this is where it gets crazy because it said, The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran. Somebody say ran. I wonder how many of us are walking to the things of God. Oh, the blessings, they're coming. They're way out there. Well, they'd be here sooner if you ran. Oh, the favor is out there. One one day, one day, once I can get out of my house and off my couch and start doing things, one day it's coming and maybe perhaps God is saying, I want you to run. I want you to run. Maybe stop walking. And so Philip runs to this thing, but I want you to notice what it says in verse 29. It says, The Spirit of God. The Spirit told Philip to rise and go. You know, for us as believers, it's sometimes difficult and, and uh, challenging to differentiate the voice of God and the, the voice of everything else, right? I mean, I hear it all the time. I think God has told me. And I'm like, Did, did you hear God? How did He tell you? I, I saw it in the clouds it was a sign. I said, God, I wake me up tomorrow. And it's a yes. And he woke me up tomorrow. And I'm like, that, that could just be coincidence. But I'm not here to, you know, assume. But it's important for us to know and be able to differentiate the voice of God and the voice of everything else. You know, the voice of God isn't ever going to contra- contradict Scripture. But perhaps everything else, every other voice you hear does. That would probably be a sign that it's not from God. So Philip clearly hears this voice of God and we have to say yes to the things of God and if we are gonna say yes to the things of God, we better make sure they are the things from God. You know, some would say, well, God really isn't speaking. I would say maybe, maybe you're just not listening and so perhaps maybe our yes is to say, God, I should listen because he speaks to his word. He speaks to his people. He speaks through media. He speaks through our, our thinking or our conscience. He speaks through his creation I mean, God is speaking, church. In 2020, God has been speaking. The question is, are you listening? Man, God ain't up to anything. Satan's sure up to a lot of things, but God doesn't seem to be doing anything. I would say God is doing a lot of things. You just don't see it. In fact, you're not even listening. You're not even looking. Open up your eyes. Open up your ears. God is saying something. The spirits draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Perhaps the yes today is saying, God, I'm going to draw closer to you. If I could just sidetrack for a second, I think a lot of times we uh, have a difficulty maybe hearing the clarity of Jesus and what he's saying. You know, I I read your scripture, God, but it didn't really make sense to me. And perhaps the, the clearness of the voice of God might be determined by the closeness that you are to him. And so the closer you are to him, perhaps the clearer his voice might be. Because sometimes you know this, and I certainly know this, and scripture certainly says it, is that sometimes God doesn't come in yelling and screaming and shaking. He comes in a gentle whisper. Are you listening? Are you too busy doing everything else? Are you too busy even celebrating the success of what God has done that you can't hear what God is now going to do? Philip, I need you to rise. God, there's so many things happening here. People are getting saved. People are getting baptized. People are being healed. Philip, I need you to rise and go because there is something out there that you need to be a part of, Philip. Rise. Tell the person next to you, rise and go. And so he listens to the spirit of God. John 8, 47, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God goes on to say in John ten twenty seven Jesus said, my sheep, listen. Somebody say listen. listen. Listen to my voice. God is speaking, church. Make sure you're listening. And so he listens to the voice of God. He listens to the spirit of God. He goes to this individual who happens to be reading. Perhaps this man is um, a, a, a Gentile who's converted now to Judaism, and he's, he's on this journey to discover. He's asking questions about his, uh, uh, what he doesn't really know. And so now uh, a Philip is here to, to then explain it. He's then here to help him and he points him to Jesus. He points him to salvation. He points him to the gospel and then all of a sudden there's this water in this wasteland where he then gets baptized. I mean, come on, I think a lot of us think, God, if you're going to call me out of something, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. I'm just ready for it. And God says, it ain't going to be that big. Um, It's going to be one person. That's it, one individual. I think so many of us are like, I ain't here to reach one. I'm here to reach many. The only way to reach many is to start by one. And so maybe God in 2021 is saying, I want you to step out, say yes to me, because there is somebody, there is one individual who needs what you have who needs to hear the story of Jesus. One, if we could put aside our pride for a moment, I know a lot of us, we want to do great things, but God is saying, I want you to do one thing, just one thing, and that's say yes to me, and who knows what'll happen. I mean, the story is, the story is crazy because there's so many things we could focus in on. Verse 31, you know, he was honest that he didn't understand scripture. I wonder if we're honest with ourselves, how many of us would speak up and say, um, I just don't get this. Or are we like, I read this every day. I, God speaks to me and we really have no idea what God is saying. But, but, but this eunuch remained teachable. So perhaps we could talk about that. Or verse 35, when Philip begins to bring clarity to this passage, what does, he, what does he start with? He goes right back to the passage. He goes right back to this thing. And I think a lot of us maybe would speak our opinions first opposed to speaking the word of God first. Or in verse 38, The fact that there was water in the middle of a desert reminds me of the passage in Isaiah where God says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. I'm bringing streams to the wasteland. God will provide a way where there is no way. And I know maybe 2021 doesn't look like there's gonna be a way. Maybe we're hoping there's gonna be a way. And what God is ultimately saying is, there is a way, and it's me. There is a truth and it's me. There is a life, and it's me. The question is, what are you saying yes to? You know, what did did Noah say yes to? said yes to building. What did Moses say yes to? He said yes to leading. What did the disciples say yes to? They said yes to following. What did Philip say yes to? He said yes to going. And on the other side of his yes, people were saved. On the other side of his yes, people were changed. On the other side of his yes, one individual was moved from death to life one individual escaped the gates of hell and will now enter the kingdom of heaven god is looking he's looking he's saying where are you at i'm looking for somebody to rise up I'm looking for somebody to get out of their comfort zone and go. I'm looking for somebody to get out of what's nice and and, and what they've built and established. I'm looking for somebody to get out of there and go. You know, I I prayed something really crazy and radical when I was at this uh, amazing Band of Brothers conference thing that we went to a couple weeks ago, months ago. I don't even know. I just say it it was the last day. And and I was sitting there praying. I said, God, I want you to to, uh, disrupt my life. I want you to disrupt my life. And uh, I don't know why I was praying that, and I certainly don't hope. Anything crazy happens to me, but or my family, but I was like, God, disrupt me. Because this is some sometimes it's just too easy. I'm just too comfortable. I I, I I'm not experiencing all this persecution or the suffering that I have. Oh, I've been through it. My wife and I have been through some some dark moments. And I'm praying still, God, shake me. Shake me. I want, I want to abandon myself and all of my efforts and all of my commitments, which are, which are fully dependent on me, and I want it to be fully dependent on you. And so would you shake me, God? Would you call me out of my comfort zone? Would you call me out of what's, what's nice and what's great and maybe even what's successful and working? Call me out of that and bring me to a place where I am fully dependent on you. We read in Isaiah chapter 6. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go out for us? And I said, send me. Send me, God. Here I am. Send me. So, Father, all across this room, perhaps there is somebody, an individual who we've been battling this, this it's this tug of war. It's what Paul talks about. It's I do what I don't do and I don't do what I want to do. It's this battle of spirit. It's this battle of flesh. But maybe today is the day where we, even before we get to 2021 next week, maybe today is the day that we say, you know what, God, I've been neglecting saying yes to you. In fact, I've been saying no to many things that I I, I think are from you. And so today I want to maybe step out. I want to be Peter in the boat when you are walking on water and you say, step out, come. I want to say yes to that knowing um, or not knowing what's gonna come, not knowing what's gonna happen, not knowing what challenges may present itself, Um, I I wanna step out and say yes to you because I know that you're God and you are good and that you're going to be with me because you say you never leave me nor forsake me. And so you told Joshua to be strong and courageous. And so God, I stand here today, like Isaiah said, when you asked, who shall I send? Who will rise and go? who will say yes to the goodness of God Lord here I am send me and so maybe there's somebody in this room that's saying you know what I want to say yes to that I want to say yes and God I pray that you would stir in their hearts and give them the courage to tomorrow and even tonight say you know what I want to say yes to the things of God perhaps I've been missing out on a lot I want to say yes And so, Father, all across this room, I pray that you would give us strength, that you would give us wisdom on how to understand and differentiate your voice, the voice of the Spirit and the voice of everything else, and that we would say yes to the things of God because we know there are things from God. Would you allow us to walk in total surrender, total surrender, which says yes with no buts, regardless of what he's asking, regardless of where he's asking us to go, regardless of what he's asking us to do? Give us that strength. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wonder if there's anybody in this room this morning or even watching online. And Perhaps your yes today is to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. You know, you're not being called out yet. What you are being called to do is to step into something. God is knocking at your door saying, let me in. And Marie reads all in Romans that, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there is good news. There is hope. His name is Jesus. And God sent his one and only son to die for you that you may so believe. And so if you're watching online with us today or you're in this room and you're saying, Jacob, you know what? I need to say yes for the very first time. I've got a lot of pain in my life. I've got a lot of brokenness in my life and I just need to get rid of it. Jesus says, come all you who are broken. Come all you who are weary. Come to the feet of Jesus. Lay it at his feet. He will take it. He will cast your sins as far as the east from the west and he remembers them no more. For all who believe, for all who believe will receive this gift and be entered into the kingdom of heaven. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. This is simply having a conversation with God, saying, God, I I do believe that I've made a lot of mistakes. I do believe that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. And so would you repeat this prayer after me? In fact, everybody in this room, would you say, Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I am a sinner. I've made a lot of mistakes. Too many to count. Would you forgive me? Would you change me? Wake me up. Shake me, God disrupt my life. Come into my life. Make me a new person. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done in my life today. And today, God, I know that I am your child and you are my father. In Jesus' name,